You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. This is Sister Lavina Francis Pamet. I'm a Franciscan Sister of the Sacred Heart, and I'm the host for Dare to Love. Dare to Love is a program that cultivates vocation awareness in the Archdiocese of Chicago through our discussion of topics related to vocation discernment, charism of religious communities, and also Today, I have two guests, uh, Sister Christina Fuller, who is live with us, and also um, Sister Kim Marie Wolf, who will be on a video interview that I taped earlier this week because she won't be able to be with us today. She will be on retreat this week. Welcome, Sister Christina. Thank you. And um, uh, Sister Christina Fuller um, had been and still is uh, very active um, as a parishioner at St. Nicholas, but uh, for many years, and we will be here more later about her, um, has been involved in St. Nick. So real quickly, um, Sister Christina, if you can just say, how many years had you been um, uh, DRE at St. Nicholas? I was the DRE for 24 years and just retired in 2019. DRE means Director of Religious Ed or does relatively everything. <laughs> and I claim both I claim both titles. That's wonderful. And so um, we'll be back with uh, Sister Christina uh, just to let uh, folks who are listening or watching on YouTube. Uh, what our topic is today is uh, the border ministry that three sisters of mine with the Franciscan Sisters Sacred Heart uh, this summer uh, who went to San Diego at a facility uh, which is an undisclosed uh, area for the protection of all who aren't involved, but it's through Catholic Charities. And what happened was Sister Ruth Ag, who is unavailable at this time, um, so she can't join us, but she was responsible for inviting our sisters. And so Sister Kim and Sister Christina responded to that call, and so the three of them went to San Diego. And um, the experience of, of that will be told, the narrative, on a video and then later on with Sister Christina. And so first we're going to show the video interview with Sister Kim Marie Wolf. My name is Sister Kim Marie Wolf. I'm a Franciscan Sister of the Sacred Heart. During the school year, I work at St. Mary's School in Mokina, which is in the Joliet Diocese. Um, there I'm a 
liturgist and teacher aide and whatever else they asked me to do. Um, it was a very good experience, um, just um, being a part of the whole process, working with Catholic charities and knowing that I was doing good for others, which um, goes along with our charism as Franciscan Sisters of the Sacred Heart of doing works of neighborly love. We were just doing simple things for others, but it was meeting their needs. Usually we got there, oh, maybe eight or nine o'clock, depending. And at that time, there weren't usually um, people coming in yet. The Catholic Charities people were working there already, were ready. And um, what we usually did first is we would make snack bags for the people that would be coming in, um, adult snack bags and then children's ones that had like a juice box and things kids would like, but nutritious snacks. After that, we would usually straighten up the clothing that was out on tables that had been donated. And if there were areas where more needed to be put out, we would do that, check the toiletries. Um, a few times, if we were short on certain things, we go to the store and buy the needed items. Usually the smaller fitting clothing and some of the um, toiletries um, we were always running out of flip-flops, so we would go and buy some of those needed items. As soon as a bus arrives, um, we take some of those snacks we had packed, they're on a cart, and we go out to the parking lot to meet the people that are coming on the bus. They had set up um, tents and folding chairs there, so the people would get off the bus or out of the van, and um, they would be given their backpack or two, whatever they had. The workers from Catholic Charities would instruct them to come over and sit on the folding chairs. And as soon as we were, as they were seated, we would hand out the snack bags and um, they would immediately open them and drink and eat. Um, they also had, um, dolls to give little girls and one day they brought the dolls out mm -hmm. and someone had purchased trucks for the little boys and so after we gave the snack we would give them those and just to see their eyes light up they would receive the toys that was a blessing for us then the people would be tested for covid and if they were positive they were taken somewhere else if they were negative, they were brought in and given the opportunity to receive the COVID vaccine. And then they would go to the next big room um, and be seated again on folding chairs and wait to be called by one of the Catholic Charities workers to get them processed in. And after they did that, um, the workers would ask us to take a family and get the needed toiletries for them and clothing. They were each allowed to take like two shirts, two pairs of pants, um, the underwear, the toiletries that they would need. And then after we assisted them in getting those, we would take them to their room. We had the hotel keys 
and then just explain to them or show them the air conditioner, the uh, microwave, the refrigerator, and the coffee maker. Mm -hmm. When they would um, see the hotel room, which was very nice, you could just see the delight in their eyes and the surprise. And they were, you know, they were all tired from traveling. And so it was, it was just wonderful that they were given such nice rooms to stay in. One person in a family, the mother or the father or the oldest person from the family would have an ankle monitor on mm -hmm. and um, they had to keep those charged. And um, Oh yeah, you had a story about that, didn't you? I yes, did, yes. Tell us about that. Okay, one of the days, um, one of the Catholic Charities workers came to me and asked if I would be willing to go to the hospital. Um, another volunteer was there and she needed to leave. But this family had come from Brazil and it was a mother and two teenage girls and a little girl who was five who was severely dehydrated. So they had to take her to the hospital. Well, the older girls needed to be with, were with the mother also, but they couldn't go in the room. So they had to wait in the waiting room and they just wanted somebody to be there with them. And so then I went and stayed with the girls. But um, yes, one of their concerns was that the ankle monitor that their mother had on, the time was going to be running out to get it charged, and they didn't have the charger there. So um, they were talking to me and I to them through Google Translate, and then I texted back to Catholic Charities at the hotel, and they brought the needed monitor and the um, charger also, or the monitor charger mm -hmm. and the charger for their telephone because they wanted to be in contact with their father also, who was mm -hmm. already here in the United States. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I can just imagine the drama and the stress and that poor little girl. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so. And um, yeah, the, the concern about the monitor and then when they brought it the charger I guess they had forgotten a piece so it still wasn't working so they thought they were going to have to call immigration but then um, they did find the other piece back in the hotel room so oh my goodness yeah, yeah. with a relief <laughs> what touched me about this family was that um when they were leaving um, the two teenage girls came to me with their um, phone and showed me their phone number and wanted me to put it in because they wanted to stay in contact. And, and yes, that, that really touched me because for the most part, you know, we didn't get to know the people really. And, you know, mm -hmm. this was a temporary place for them. They were only there a day or two usually. And probably one of the reasons the little girl was dehydrated is um, they had to walk. I mean, they didn't walk from Brazil, but they had to walk for how many days, you know, in heat, very hot. And so it's understandable that a little one would get dehydrated.
because mm-hmm. they fly in from Brazil to Mexico and wherever airport they're coming from, they have to walk to that reach the border. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. Right. So what about that other family with the picture? What's that? Oh, yes. That was, um, there was a family that just had one, one little boy, I would say was four or five years old. And um, actually, Sister Ruth and Sister Christina were in entertaining the little one while their while his parents were getting processed in. But then I was the lucky one that got to get their needed items and then take them to their hotel room. Mm-hmm. And um, when we got there, the father was trying to say something to me about a a picture. Have, getting a picture and I knew we were not allowed to take any pictures of the people but he wanted a picture and um, so I was going to take the camera to get a picture of the family and he said no they wanted a picture of the mother and the little boy with me because they said familia that I was part of their family oh my goodness this just brings tears to my eyes it does it really does and with using their camera, right? Because using, you can't use, yeah. Yeah, using theirs, yeah. their phone. Right. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. That's yeah. just so lovely. Last question I, I, I want to ask you, um, Kim, mm-hmm. is, so what is your, your takeaway um, and this experience with these families, this familia, our brothers and sisters? Exactly. Um, I guess just a deeper consciousness and awareness of um, how we are all brothers and sisters. I think of um, just being more aware of the dignity of each human being and treating them with compassion um, and you know, just loving others and accepting them in their situation and not judging them, but trying to just accept them and love them, be kind to them. Thank you. And so that was Sister Kim Marie Wolf and her witness to their border ministry in San Diego. And so we'll take a short break. And when we return, please don't go away. Sister Christina Fuller will be talking about her own experience. We'll be back. My heart sings of the love that I found in you. Tomorrow brings Give me the grace to love And to be faithful To be more like you Here I am Did I hear you call my name? Here I am As you a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home, 
consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Welcome back to Dare to Love. This is Sister Lavina, and my guest uh, for the second session is Sister Christina Fuller. Uh, we just uh, saw and heard the video interview with Sister Kim Marie Wolf, and this with, with the uh, Franciscan Sisters of the Sacred Heart. Uh, just a, uh, before I get to you, Sister Christina, um, just a quick special thank you to Sister Ruth Agee. I mentioned before that she took the initiative to respond to a request, and this was going out to the religious communities to help with this uh, uh serious uh, help needed in, at the borders. And uh, at first I thought it was going to all be in Texas, but this happens to be in San Diego. So we welcome Sister Christina Fuller once again uh, to tell us all about her experience and perhaps give us even more of a perspective of uh, that uh, border ministry in San Diego. Go ahead, Sister Christina. Okay, thank you, Sister Lavina. Um, as uh, you, we mentioned earlier, I come really from St. Nicholas Parish in Evanston, and there we have a very active peace and justice ministry that ministers right here in Chicago to detainees and uh, who are being released, and they help them get to where they're going. So uh, when Sister Ruth saw the reflection from some of the sisters, she followed up and contacted Catholic Charities USA, who then said to her, well, why don't you connect with Catholic Charities in San Diego, which she did, and then offered the call to Sister Kim Marie and myself to come and join her. So that was how we got from here to there. But it certainly wouldn't be necessary to go to San Diego to serve. <laughs> that is for darn sure. So uh, Sister Kim Marie gave a very beautiful rundown of what our days were like. Uh, the one very first surprising thing that we found out when we got to San Diego was that most of the people were not 
coming from uh, Mexico or Guatemala or, or El Salvador. I put Spanish on my phone ready to do translating only to find out that at least 95% of the people who were coming into San Diego in the days that we were there, in the days prior and in the days that were following us were from Brazil. Mm. Um, as Sister Kimri said, we didn't have a lot of time or expertise to ask questions, mm -hmm. but there were some folks who spoke English and they seemed to be telling us that they were coming from the middle part of Brazil, which is huge. And um, that surprised us. Um, but that's, I asked one of them, like, what's happening? And uh, she did speak English and she said, there's just nothing there was how she said it to me. There's no opportunities. There's just no hope. There's, I think, a real fear of, will we live through what is about to happen in Brazil? Probably both from the coronavirus, from um, some climate change, there's less moisture in the land. And so there's less things growing, there's less work. And so they're here for their families. They're here for, uh, to try to make a better living. We did not think that we saw anyone older than 40 years old. They were almost all families, husband, wives, and a couple children. Occasionally a husband with uh, some children or a wife with some children, but um, almost all were families coming over, fleeing central Brazil, looking for a new life here. And about how many uh, families were there, about how many people were coming through every day? Every, sure. Every day um, there was, I'm going to say around 125, mm -hmm. sometimes a little less, sometimes maybe a little more. They could handle up to 150 there. Uh, they are thinking they have to go to a bigger place because they do think that there are going to be more and more asylum seekers coming in. And I know like the days that uh, Sister Kimri said, people were coming on at least two buses a day, sometimes an additional van somewhere in the course of the day. And they would have a hundred people going to the airport and so it's a massive organizational operation, massive, because these people all need to be taken care of physically, processed, fed, housed, and then gotten to the next step. So there were a huge number of different organizations involved. Um, and Catholic Charities was doing a, a wonderful job. Can't speak too highly of what we experienced and they were all young adults, which was um, just very powerful for us to see and to be able to interact with. Now, is this something that other people might be able to help with? Or is it uh, only the invitation to religious communities at this point? Uh, what we know is that there were uh, parishes that were providing clothing. Uh, and that was on a very specific sort of um, planned ask. 
And there were some other people who were helping. There was a mom with two teenage kids who were there a couple mornings of, of the week. And one afternoon, there were at least three other young adults who um, weren't, did not appear to be Catholic charity workers who were able to assist. So there were some other people who were there assisting. Uh, how they are, and I, and I oftentimes wondered if there weren't people, more people going directly to the airport, because what a massive task to take a busload of people who don't speak English and get them on the right airplane. The vans would leave three times a day, um, eight o'clock in the morning and one o'clock and five o'clock. And then they, so they had to arrange which, which van these people were going to be on in order to help them get to their, you know, right airlines. And th that's, that was massive. So I, I don't know that, but it was a question I asked myself. Um, and I can tell you that they were going in many different places in the United States, mm -hmm. Chicago, New Jersey, Massachusetts, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, California. So they were really, they had to have their sponsors somewhere and they were going to where their sponsor lived. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, in terms of, I guess I will ask you the same question in terms of how, um, what, what it was like for Sister Kim Marie. What about you, um, for you personally, what was it like for you in terms of, well, with the workload, I, I, I heard you and, and Sister Kim both say, it's like you get there and you lose time because you get there and then you just keep doing whatever you need to do. But what was it like for you as well? Um, yes, it, it's tiring. It's uh, repetitive. It was mundane. I think you also get uh, tired by the the just the the sharing in one another's sorrows and pain and their very tiredness. So I think that gets into us too. I think it you know just gets into our hearts and you can feel their tiredness. Having said that you're very grateful to be able to do your little thing to help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Catholic Charities people so often said, we couldn't do this without you. Mm -hmm. um, and we certainly couldn't do what they were doing, but they need help. Um, and it's a very simple thing to do, but it is tiring to try to uh, communicate with people who don't speak English and to walk them to their rooms where you've got a huge hotel to, to go over that, but it was a very good thing to do. And certainly it makes you, me very conscious of just the great graces and things that we take for granted. For me, uh, even before we left, and so I must have read something, I was thinking of fingernail clippers. Mm -hmm. And um, I was grateful to God for, for my fingernail clippers. And when we got there, that was one thing they didn't have um, many of in the hygiene area. And sure enough, periodically, people would ask us for fingernail clippers. I mean, we kind of take those for granted. That's right. And uh, so, you know, it is with great gratitude. We have the blessings we have, and it's our joy, our responsibility to um, live the gospel and to to share our fingernail clippers and our love and all the other blessings we have with other people. That's right. So if you had uh, and you know I, I I warned you this is going to go quickly 
And guess what? We only have less than a minute left, like maybe a few seconds before we close. Any um, last word that you want to put uh, and invite people or challenge uh, people out there about this whole situation? Um, these are ordinary people who have great courage, determination, faith, and hope, and to receive them kindly, to learn their truth, their stories, and for each of us to do whatever we can to make the world a kinder, better place for one another. That is so well said. Thank you so much, Sister Christina. And um, I just wanted to quickly uh, thank the uh, radio TV department for uh, helping us with this production. Um, go to radiotv.artchicago.org and Kava, which is vocationskava.org to visit and uh, find out more about the vocation awareness in the Archdiocese of Chicago. Um, and the uh, my own sisters, the Franciscan Sisters Sacred Heart, thank you so much. And may um, God bless everyone, and let's pray for one another um, as brothers and sisters. This is Sister Lavina signing off. Thank you. God bless. Here I am. Did I hear you call my name? Here I am as you I come to follow you. I've traveled long and far to follow you. A stranger and a pilgrim in this world. Sometimes I wonder what this journey Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. 
You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Catholic Chicago.